0: Beloved Church of God, beginning our service before the Lord, let us please stand and affirm, with the proclamation of the faith of our heart, the promise that relates to the door of our hope. Let the resurrection of Christ reign in our bodies. Amen. Let us bow our heads in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we are grateful to your holy name for this, once again, presented privilege to be in this place that your hand has outlined for the worship of your holy name. And so allow your inheritance in the name of the blood of the covenant to be lifted to heights higher than us and to break all burden and sin that binds us. May in this service be cursed as before all the works of devil, illnesses, poverty, premature death, demonic dependencies, all forms of fears, depression, destruction, selfishness, ignorance, all of this let it depart from the tents of your holy people And stand, Lord, on the place of your rest, you and the ark of your might. And may your saints be clothed in your salvation, and may they rejoice before your countenance. Give us more from your Spirit. Fill us with your Holy Spirit, and allow us to find your holy countenance. We thank you that this service is presented into your divine hands by Apostle Arkady, and we ask you to continue to lead it with your high and uplifted hand, Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. May you be blessed. Please be seated. The letter of Apostle Paul to the Ephesians, chapter 4, verses 22 through 24. That you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind in that you put on the new man which was created according to God in righteousness and holiness of truth, the right to set aside our former way of life, to clothed, to be clothed in a new way of life. And for the fulfillment of this commandment that is written by the Apostle Paul and presented to us in the series of sermons of Apostle Argadi, there are three faithful commands and fundamental actions. This is to set aside to renew and to clothe and from the fulfillment of these three requirements will depend the perfection of our salvation salvation that is given to us in the format of a seed that we can gain it as a property in the format of the fruit of righteousness and with regard to this we have stopped to study the 18th psalm of david in which acknowledgement and proclamation of the powers contained in the heart of david in the eight names of god had allowed David to love and call on the Lord who is worthy to be praised, and it gave God the basis to use the powers of these capabilities in battle against the enemies of David. Psalms chapter 18, verses 1-4 through 4 says, I will love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock in whom I will trust, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I will call upon the Lord, who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. Let us all together proclaim our inheritance in Christ Jesus. Lord, you are my strength. Lord, you are my rock. Lord, you are my fortress. Lord, you are my deliverer. Lord, you are the rock of Israel. Lord, you are my shield. Lord, you are the horn of my salvation. Lord, you are my stronghold. This kind of proclamation, of course, God will hear, and of course, he will make us worthy, worthy of his divine names, of his characteristics, which already are our characteristics. And so, considering that in a certain format, as much as God and the level of our faith have allowed us We have already studied our inherited portion in Christ Jesus and the powers of four names of God. We looked at strength, the dignity of the name of God, rock, fortress, and deliverer. Therefore, let us turn to studying our inherited portion in Christ Jesus in the name of God, rock of Israel. Lord, you are my rock of Israel. In Hebrew, the definition of the name of God, rock, Contained the following meanings so each time when we talk about rock these definitions are present there and today when we are going to continue to look at and to study this name to remember it then we will see some of these powers contained in these and so the definition of rock is the tip of a mountain cliff it's a stone or a rocky fence a shelter and shadow from the rock it is victorious It is an elephant tusk of ivory, it is eternal dominion, it is the promises of imperishable food, and rock is also the consolation of the world. In this prayer, a song of David, in the name of God, rock, contains the inherited portion of the Son of God, in whom and through whom we are called to receive the victorious ability to keep and expand, meaning to expand our salvation that is comprised of the adoption of our body through the redemption of Christ. It is with it is with and through our collaboration with the name of God, Rock of Israel, that we are able to keep our salvation and to spread it, to expand it. We can keep salvation only by expanding it. The, we expand salvation onto our mortal soul and our perishable body, because when we are saved, the Lord saves our spirit, giving birth to it and likening our spirit to himself. So our spirit becomes in the likeness of God. And when our spirit, like David, begins to grow... Then the Lord begins through our spirit to change our soul. And our soul was never our enemy. But as soon as David began to grow and he began to overcome the lion and the bear when he was anointed as king, not yet sitting on the throne, he had a few enemies in the face of Saul who represented the substance of his soul and in the face of the Philistine in the face of Amalek who represented raiding sin in our body. All of a sudden he had these enemies. Therefore, our goal... Our goal is to overcome the enemy, but we can't overcome the enemy. We won't overcome him if we don't see him in ourselves. If I see my enemies in my father's grandfathers and I hate the qualities in them, then this won't help me. I have to see the enemy in myself. That which I saw in my father, my grandfathers, I need to see in myself and to despise it and to begin to war against it. Because David begins to grow and his enemies begin to show themselves. There is an expression we know. Tell me who your friends are, and I will tell you who you are. We can also say, tell me who your enemy is, and I will tell you who you are. And for this purpose, just as in studying our portion in the previous names of God, called to be the portion of our salvation, we arrived at the need to study the following four questions. First, what characteristics and categories define our inherited portion in the name of God, rock of Israel? Second, what purpose in the realization of our salvation is our inherited portion in the name of God rock intended to fulfill? Third, what price is necessary to pay to give God the basis to be our rock and forth? By what results can we define that God is truly our rock in the realization of our salvation? We should not forget and keep in mind that if, upon proclaiming our inherited portion that is contained in the name of God rock, If we see these powers outside of the faith of our heart and outside of the proclamation of our lips, we will move forward in an unfaithful direction, because God, in all of his mighty and unchanging names, is the portion of the inheritance only in the boundaries of the spirit, soul, and the body. All of his eight names, which we right now are covering, and which according to the mercy of God and by the wisdom of the Holy Spirit were presented by Apostle Arkady, all of these substances, all of these names, work with three substances, our spirit, our soul, and our body. We accept the word of God, and we proclaim the word of God. And in order to do this, we need for the Lord to be able to use our spirit, soul, and body. and He can use them only when they are his portion this means that christ paid his price and redeemed our spirit soul and body and made it his own portion for what reason so that then he can use um, we can use our body which in the format of our spirit which which accepts the word in the format of the soul and in the format of our body when i proclaim with me eclipse the faith of my heart and so, what am I using? My spirit, my soul and body. The Lord redeemed us and take, has taken us into His portion, so that He can use our substances, so that we can begin to uh, reign. And if people don't believe, if they don't believe in full salvation, that the Lord wants to adopt their bodies, then they don't enact one of the important uh, substances, their body. Imagine, the body is the only apparatus that God can hear. Because right now, when I'm talking to you right now, I'm using my body to speak to you. What if I speak to you speaking my spirit? Right now, I'm speaking my spirit. And will we get far with this? We won't get very far with this. I need to use my body. And in order to use my body, we need to say that my body is the portion of God. We need to see that god wants to adopt our body at the door of our hope our hope meaning christ is coming and this is our hope and at the door of this hope right before his descent the lord says that he wants to demonstrate his power his power in his word he said i swear to you that without blemish i will keep your spirit soul and body lord i don't understand you meant my body my body without blemish. I'm, l- I'm looking in the mirror. Without blemish, are you talking about somebody else? He says, no, I swear that I, at the day of my coming, in your spirit, soul, and body, promise that there will be no blemish, I swear to you. I will do this before my coming. And according to the inspiration of the Holy Spirit and the wisdom of the Holy Spirit that he gave to our Apostle, this truth was uncovered for us. And it was explained well. All right, now we are looking at the second question we've stopped to talk about. We'll once again read it. What purpose, what purpose in the realization of our salvation is our inherited portion in the name of God, Rock of Israel, intended to fulfill? And the first purpose that we have already talked about, it sounds like the following The purpose of a portion in the name of God, Rock of Israel dwelling in the heart of a disciple of Christ, is called to give us living water to quench the thirst of our new man in whom we are called to demonstrate the holiness of God toward the disobedient sons of God. The Lord wants to quench the thirst of our new man, but for this it is necessary to demonstrate the holiness of God. And how do we demonstrate the holiness of God toward the disobedient sons of God? Only when our obedience is fulfilled. It turns out that to demonstrate the Holiness of God towards the disobedient is simply to be obedient. Therefore, when we come to service and we come, we listen and accept the word that we hear, we are demonstrating Holiness. You will say, what kind of Holiness? You're simply sitting and listening to the preacher. Yes, to simply sit and listen. There are very few who are able to do this, to sit and listen to a preacher, to not control, to not critique, but to listen and together with him to be filled with the word of god this is a very this is a quality that very few people few people have and this is a demonstration of holiness of god let's move on to the second purpose of the portion in the name of god rock of israel dwelling in the heart of a disciple of christ it is called to make our hearts wiser than the wisest of the earth well of course we want to be wise Wiser than all the wisest of the earth. And let's take a look at who are these wisest out of all, wiser than the wisest of the earth. Proverbs thirty twenty four 24-28. There are four things which are little on the earth, but they are exceedingly wise. Exceedingly wise. Wiser than the wisest. Who are these little that are wiser than the wisest? The ants. The ants are a people not strong, yet they prepare their food in the summer. The rock badgers, they're a feeble folk, yet they make their homes in the rocks. The locusts have no king, yet they all advance in ranks. The spider skillfully grasps with its hands, and it is in kings' palaces. We should note that in this proverb, the category of God's chosen remnants and their wisdom are presented in the image of rock badgers who build their homes in the rock or on the crags. And this is one of the four components that yield a wise heart. Therefore, our heart will be exceedingly wise with the presence of all four of these components. Because without the union of these components with one another, we cannot build our house on the rock or on the crag. With regard to this principle, it was necessary for us to study the union of these four components that yield a wise heart. And so, the first condition, That makes our heart wise and participates in building our house on the rock, is fulfilling the calling of ants, of which is said, they are a people not strong, yet they prepare their food in the summer. We're going to take a look at ants, rock badgers, locusts, and we'll look at the spider, the spider whom scriptural says. They are slittle, but they are wiser than the wisest. And then scripture offers us to look at all of them together. That if we can unite all these components together, then we will be wiser than all of the wisest on the earth. Individually, we can't look at them. First, we'll look at them individually, then we'll unite all of them together into one. And so, well, who are these ants? The ants that are not strong yet they prepare their food in the summer. There is a place of Scripture, Ecclesiastes three one through two. To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck what is planted. To be like ants and prepare our food in the summer, and thus cherish times so that we call on God when He is near. It's necessary to consider hearing the word of God a greater gift than the gold of Ophir. So, an ant, what does he do? He prepares his food in the summer, or we prepare this food, we accept the word that we hear, so that what? So that then we can call upon the Lord when he is going to be very near. Example of Pharaoh, on forehead he had a sign, a serpent, a cobra, wisdom. But in him there was no wisdom. There was there was no wisdom of an ant. Jeremiah forty six seventeen, they cried there, Pharaoh King of Egypt is but a noise. Yes, passed by the appointed time. What does this mean? He passed by the appointed time. This means that he did not consider hearing the word of God a great need or a necessity. He thought, Why should I listen? Did you see I have a, I have a, I have a cobra, I have an intellect I have a high IQ, you don't need to teach me. And then the harvest came, and Pharaoh opened his mouth, he was dismayed, what is happening? Where was wisdom? Where was the one that would answer questions? As the foolish virgin had said to the wise, give us your oil. Why are they foolish? Because they were wise in their own eyes, and the wise said, so that there is no lack among us, or you go to the cellars and purchase this oil. In these words, they said, you need to prepare oil in your vessels, so that then when the Lord comes, you can, call. you can call upon Him. And they said, well, give us your oil, be our teachers. And they said, you know what, if I give you my oil, then two things will happen. First, you won't receive anything, and second, I will lose what I have. Why don't you go to the person who plants the Word? What is necessary to do this? Oh, for this, you need to acknowledge the status of Zion, the Church. You need to acknowledge the status of this person who represents the fatherhood of God, to cleanse your conscience from dead works, from a blemished conscience, to place the teaching of Christ there, and then to call on God when He comes very near. And so they came, and they came and did this. Therefore, the ants have this very interesting action that they perform. They prepare their food so that when the Lord will be very near and begin to call with those truths and those labors that are found in His heart. There is a kind of fable out there. It is a short fable, but I will read it to you in allegory about the ant, the ant that prepared its food in the summer, and the other animal that did not do this. The ant had prepared its food in the summer, the dragonfly didn't. Hunger is coming, the dragonfly does not sing out among this in the winter. She she can't sing with an empty stomach. The dragonfly says to the ant, please don't leave me, give me the strength. the aunt asked, did you work in the summer? The dragonfly had said, all of summer I sing and did not work to gather the food and, and then the ant taunts the dragonfly if you sang all of summer without preparing the food now go out and sing in the winter this is a small fable that shows us how important it is to prepare food when it is given and the Lord gives it in the summer the day that is pleasing to the Lord when is the day that is pleasing to the Lord When we hear the word of God, right now that we are in a day that is pleasing to the Lord, and we are preparing this food, preparing it so that when the Lord comes near, we begin to proclaim the faith of our heart. This was the first component, and again, we're looking at these four little ones that are wiser than the wisest. And the second condition that makes our heart wise and participates in building our house on the rock is fulfilling the calling of rock badgers, of which she said they are a feeble or a weak folk yet they make their homes in the rocks. Why are they weak? What is this feebleness of these rock badgers? Matthew 5, 3, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. To become poor in spirit, and in this manner give God the basis to give us his power, it is necessary to consciously and voluntarily, through the cross of the Lord Jesus, to die to our nation, the house of our Father, and the corrupt desires of our soul. This is what this... Uh, weakness or this poverty is of these rock badgers. Second Corinthians chapter twelve verses nine through ten, and he said to me, "My grace is sufficient for you." When Apostle Paul had asked for the Lord to heal him, and the Lord said, uh, "The Lord had led him to a kind of position in which he felt this illness in his body, because he began to be." tried to lift himself up high through these revelations and God began to humble him. And he said, Lord can you remove this illness from me? I've learned my lesson. And the Lord said, Paul, My grace is sufficient for you. These words, my grace is sufficient for you means place your house on the rock. You have grace. Why are you turning? Why are you turning to me? I want you to place your house on the rock. I have given you these revelations, and I want these revelations to become your, your reward, to become your property. My grace is sufficient for you. Place your house on the rock. Furthermore, he says, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. And therefore, Apostle Paul says, therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon you. Upon me, therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and reproaches and needs and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. So, when I am weak, then I am strong. This is under the condition of the presence of grace in the name of God, Rock. So, not in all weakness there is the power of God. In weakness there is the power of God if a person has grace. And this grace reveals itself in the name of God, Rock. That's how we become heirs of this name, Lord, you are my rock of Israel. So our power is fulfilled in our weakness. The third condition that makes our heart wise and participates in building our house on the rock is fulfilling the calling of locusts who have no king, yet they all advance in ranks. The reason why a locust does not have a king, yet they advance in ranks is because At her head stands God, who is her king. So at the head of the rank that has no king, they're flying, but they have some some kind of king that is guiding. And the Lord says, I am the king of this locust. In certain cases. And so for God to stand as head of our thoughts and be the king of our thinking, it is necessary to consciously and voluntarily, through the cross of the Lord Jesus died to our nation, the house of our Father, and the corrupt desires of our soul. Joel chapter 2, verses 25 through 29, it says, "Thou re- will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten, the crawling locust, the consuming locust, and the chewing locust, my great army which I sent among you. You shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God who has dealt wondrously with you, and my people shall never be put to shame. Then you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel, I am the Lord your God and there is no other. My people shall never be put to shame and it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, your young men shall see visions. And also on my menservants and on my maidservants I will pour out my spirit in those days. Now according to this revelation our thoughts which before our immersion into the death of the Lord Jesus Christ they destroyed the seed of the sown word of truth after being clothed in the death of the Lord Jesus they gave God the basis and the resurrection of Jesus to become the king of our thoughts. This is how the locust can be the army of God. Again, only after our soul is immersed into the death of the Lord Jesus, then the Lord becomes the king of our thoughts. Under these locusts, we mean our thinking, our thoughts. And our thoughts, they're either going to destroy us, or they're going to be God's army that fulfills His intentions. But for this, it is necessary for them to have a king, either the Lord or some kind of demonic prince. Because out of hell, there also arise locusts that produce a certain kind of work. So, who is our king? Who is the king of renewed thinking? We are talking about these little as the renewed thinking. And the fourth condition that makes our heart wise and participates in building our house on the rock is fulfilling the calling of a spider that skillfully grasps with its hands And is in the king's palaces matthew chapter 12 verses 35 through 37 a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things and an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things but i say to you that for every idle word men may speak they will give account of it in the day of judgment for by your words you will be justified and by your words you will be condemned to fulfill the condition expressed in the ability of a spider to skillfully grasp the web and end up in the king's palaces and penetrate into the royal treasury of God, it is necessary to proclaim the faith of God that dwells in our heart. So, when this little spider was shown how he skillfully grasps using the web and ends up in the king's palaces of God, this is when we proclaim the faith of God that dwells in our heart. And to summarize, the purpose of our portion in the name of God, Rock of Israel, that dwells in the heart of a disciple of Christ, it is called to fill our heart with such wisdom that will cause us to be the wisest of all the earth. We are in order for us to build our house on the rock and to become this rock badger. This is all under the condition that inside, we have the quality of ants, locusts, and spiders. And in order for us to easily remember, again, ants, they prepare their summer, they prepare food in the summer, meaning they place the Word in their heart, cherish time, so that they can call on God when He is near, meaning as an ant, I receive the Word of God in my spirit. A locust is a renewed thinking, or our thoughts, the King of which has become God. Under a locust, we see the renewal of our thinking with the spirit of our mind. If an ant has an opportunity to place the word in our spirit, then a locust is our renewed thinking, and a spider is proclaiming the faith of God that dwells in our heart. That's why when we have three qualities, ant, locust, re- spider, When we have the Word of God that has ended up in our heart, that has ended up in our renewed thinking, and that has ended up in our proclamations, then we are going to be wiser than the wisest of the earth. Therefore, if you are asked, who are these little that are wisest than all the wisest of the earth, we remember ant, locust, spider, ant, the Word of God that has entered my heart, my renewed thinking, and my lips. The next purpose of the portion in the name of God, Rock of Israel, dwelling in the heart of a disciple of Christ, is called to make our heads lifted up above our enemies all around us. Psalms 27:46. One thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in His temple. For in the time of trouble He shall hide me in His pavilion. In the secret place of his tabernacle, he shall hide me. He shall set me high upon a rock. And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. Therefore, I will offer sacrifices of joy in his tabernacle. I will sing, yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. So, if we look at this, we will see how we are called to find the secret place where we will hear about our high calling that is going to allow us to be lifted up above all of our enemies. If we summarize this, and now let's look at it in greater detail about how Pastor Arkady writes it for us. In this place scripture, the portion of God in the name of God, Rock of Israel, is presented in the heart of a person in the secret place of the tabernacle, the Most High. Interesting, the secret place, meaning the secret place is very hard to find. Scripture says, he who has found a virtuous wife, who has found a virtuous wife, her price is greater than rubies, she must be found? She must be found. This is a secret place, a hidden place, of the tabernacle of the Most High, which David calls the Temple of God and the House of the Most High. And as far as we know, Such a tabernacle of God, called the Temple of God and the House of God, which has in itself a certain secret place of the Most High, is simultaneously located in three unique dimensions merged together. This is the height of heaven, the sanctuary, and the contrite and humble heart of man. So the secret place in which God dwells, the secret place of the Most High, it is found in heaven, it is found in the sanctuary, in the church of God, and it is found in the contrite and humble heart of man. Isaiah 57:15. For thus says the High and Lofty One who inhabits eternity. So when the Lord says, I am High and Lofty, High and Lofty, we we'll see Him as the Rock of Israel who inhabits eternity, whose name is Holy. I dwell in the High and Holy Place with him who has a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones, Isaiah 57:15. Each definition, which became the subject of David's prayer and the subject of his search, carries a certain semantic load, which pursues one goal but performs different roles. And the subject of David's prayer petition and his search is so important in the fulfillment of our salvation that David says, I ask only one And only that I seek. So this is the main idea for which this psalm was dedicated. And in this psalm, David says, I ask only for one thing of the Lord, and only that I seek of the Lord. We want to know. What is this? What is that that he is asking of and searching in the Lord? He says, I ask only one and only that I seek. It turns out that the secret place is not just there where the dwelling of God is, but it turns out that in this secret place there is a secret truth hidden, of which David and Apostle Paul says, I ask only one and only that I seek. And then the question, where is this secret place? And the second question, what did David and Apostle Paul search for in it? For they both say, I ask only one, and only that I seek. And so the question, what is he asking for, and what is he searching, and where is he searching? All this is hidden from our eyes. And the subject of David's prayer petition and Apostle Paul in the search is not evangelization of the world, or the exercise of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, or material prosperity, or the opposition to earthly powers and the introduction of church members into political or power structures. It alone is our calling, expressed in our highest calling and our highest election. This is the one thing that he sought. This is the highest calling and highest election. 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 10 through 11, so Apostle Peter also sought this. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and your election sure, For if you do these things, you will never stumble, for so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Re-entry into the internal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is a subject of David's prayer petition and his search, which is directly related to the affirmation of our calling and our election expressed in the achieving of the goal of our calling. Now, what is then our calling and our election, and what is the purpose of our calling? Because our calling, which we select, is going to come from our calling and election, and so we're going to look at what is our calling and our election. Our calling is a certain rank and dignity, and the higher the rank, the higher will be the honor of our rank and our dignity. And our election is what we choose the goal that we are striving for in the price that we pay for our calling. And the purpose of our election is to fulfill the perfect will of God which yields our calling that is comprised of the fact that the resurrection of Christ will reign in our body and clothe our body in the resurrection of Christ. So the salvation of our spirit, soul, and body. For this high and lofty goal, we need to have and enable our calling and our election. So based on our election, what we choose, we can define our calling and our calling in order to fulfill our election. So we all have a calling. What high calling? Our high calling is to spread the resurrection of Christ and to reign Christ, to uh, to reach or to place the throne of God in our spirit, in our soul, and in our body. Three thrones of David, the Lord Jesus, must be in all three of these substances of our essence. And in order to fulfill this, it is necessary to have a very high calling, and to define our high calling can be defined by what we elect. We give a person a menu, and what he orders, based on this, we can tell what is the status of this person what is his rank what is his dignity what is his virtue es- Esther was given a menu and she said to to Gagai, what is the king like And scripture said she never asked of anything except for that which Hegai had told her The other woman that had entered uh, and stood before the king they asked Hegai They tried to find out with their own mind what might be pleasing to the king. There's completely different callings. Calling, Esther was the wife, and the other woman, the concubines that had maybe once had been before the king, and that's it. But King Ahasuerus was fully, was fully enveloped or fully enticed by his wife. So, based on what we choose or what we elect, we show our rank. You can define by a person, you might ask. We have a royal presence among us. Give me a menu for McDonald's and give me from a prestigious restaurant. I will come and say, here, there's two two menus, please choose what you want. If he says, give me this and that for McDonald's, I say, okay. Do you want some kind of Italian dish? He'll say, what? Do you want some French dish? He says, I won't understand you. Okay. You come to another, and you say, do you want Italian or France? Say, yes, sir, monsieur. Okay, your majesty, all right. Why? Because based on our menu, what we choose, we can define what we deal with. Our election speaks of our calling. What kind of price we pay, menu, what kind of price we pay, for our rank and our calling to be high and our dignity to be high before God. And so on the one hand, this would allow us to abide in the house of the Lord and on the other hand, to become the house of the Lord. And the price that we pay for our election is our total sanctification in Christ Jesus, pursuing the goal of total dedication to God. And the higher the degree of our sanctification, The higher will be the honor of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Philippines chapter 3, verses 13 through 14. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Jesus Christ. But here he sought the upward calling of God in Christ Jesus. And it was necessary for him to have this high calling and this high calling he had when he began to correctly correctly choose, elect, how did he correctly choose? He said that all of that which I considered a privilege for me before, I now considered it as nothing before Christ, and that which I had not cherished before, now, today, I have this as my favorite food. So he, through his election, through what he has selected, he has shown his high calling in christ jesus his dignity which would allow him to be with the lord and not just together with the lord it is from this position that we are going to be able to destroy all of our enemies to be lifted up above them as david had said that the lord will lift me up and then will destroy my enemies on the one hand to lift up our head over the enemies that surround us is to cast out from the throne in our body which is the rod of our lips the old man in order to give god the foundation to build in our body the power of life, led by Christ. The Lord lifts up our head over our enemies in order to destroy our enemies, to destroy or free our lips from the old man. And this won't happen until we show our high calling. And this is defined by What we select from the menu, our election, do we select from the menu the casting out of demons, uh, healing, evangelism, sanctification, dedication that pursue the goal to meet with the Lord? And therefore, when we lift up our heads over enemies around us, we destroy the old man. And on the other hand, to lift up our head over the enemies around us is to depose in the midst of the remnant chosen by God the power and the deeds of the uncrucified flesh and the face of carnal people. Therefore, when in the church there are people that have a high calling, through their election, through their sanctification and dedication, they are. their heads are lifted up over the enemies around them. And to summarize, the purpose of our portion in the name of God, Rock of Israel, dwelling in the heart of a disciple of Christ is called to affirm our election and calling to open free entry into the eternal kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ in the boundaries of God's chosen remnant who is the house of God and the rock of God. This was the interesting third component where we highlighted for ourselves several words our calling, our election. And the goal of our calling is, or what we elect is to have the highest calling in Christ Jesus. When we have the highest calling in Christ Jesus, it is only this calling in Christ Jesus, this high calling, that is able to help destroy and cast out the enemies from their thrones in us. So this promise, let the resurrection of Christ reign in our bodies, amen. This doesn't... Now, can we explain how much... What is this going to cost to speak this proclamation, to take, to overthrow from our lips the old man? I must have a high calling, the calling of the Lord Jesus Christ. And my high calling and my status before God is defined by what I elect or select in the menu based on my relationship to this. The fourth purpose of the portion, the name of God, Rock of Israel, dwelling in the heart of a disciple of Christ, it is called to be for him a rock and fortress of powers with which God will lead us and guide us in order to deliver us from our enemies. So here, the rock is presented for us in the rock and fortress of powers. Psalms 31, verses 1 through 8. To the chief musician of Psalm of David, in you, O Lord, I put my trust. Let me never be ashamed. Deliver me in your righteousness. Bow down your ear to me. Deliver me speedily. Be my rock a refuge, a fortress of defense to save me. For you are my rock and my fortress. Here he has called upon the name of the Lord. You are my fortress. He says, for you are my rock and my fortress. Therefore, for your name's sake, lead me and guide me. Pull me out of the net which they have secretly laid for me for you are my strength. Into your hand I commit my spirit. You have redeemed me, O Lord, God of truth. I have hated those who regard useless idols, but I trust in the Lord. I will be glad and rejoice in your mercy, for you have considered my trouble. You have known my soul in adversities and have not shut me up into the hand of the enemy. You have set my feet in a wide place. we will remember that the phrase with which David's prayer song begins is addressed to the chief musician, by which is meant the Holy Spirit dwelling in the heart of David as Lord and Ruler of his life. The chief musician is the Holy Spirit who is accepted by us as Lord and Ruler of our life and not as a guest. When we accept the Holy Spirit as a guest, we do this when we accept baptism in the Holy Spirit with the gift of tongues And we think that this speaking of tongues is, in fact, spirituality. Spirituality is the spirit of Christ, the character of Christ. and spiritual manifestations, in the format of speaking in tongues, is not spirituality. Therefore, when a person thinks that he is praying in tongues, he has become spiritual. For this person, the Holy Spirit is a guest. But a person that has the spirit of Christ, the character of Christ, in him the Holy Spirit is the chief musician. By the choir led by the Holy Spirit in this place of Scripture is meant the remnant chosen by God who received the Holy Spirit in their heart as Lord and Ruler of their life, and they are led by the Holy Spirit. So you see, it turns out that there is a big difference in what kind of choirs we sing in. Do we sing there where the Holy Spirit is Lord and Ruler of our life, or there where a carnal leader is leading? I honestly want to sing in that choir with my voice, where the Holy Spirit is the chief musician, the leader. And for this, I need to find a church, a church where the Holy Spirit is not a guest, but where he is Lord and ruler. And by the phrase Psalm of David, it means our new man or our spirit, created by God in righteousness and holiness of truth, who is led by the Holy Spirit and partakes to God's chosen remnant. Therefore, when we pray, Imagine the reborn Spirit of God and the Holy Spirit as Lord and Ruler of His life. His songs, His prayers, the Lord says, these are Psalms of David. What scripture says, I pray, Lord, and He says, this is a psalm, this is a psalm of David. This kind of order, such an order often given at the beginning of David's prayer petition, Indicates a union of three sovereign parties from the position of which David as a warrior prayer is called to exercise his prayer This is the union of the new man with the Holy Spirit with the remnant chosen by God which is led by the Holy Spirit So this union is very necessary in order for the Lord to be able to collaborate with us in the name of God Lord you are my rock for whom a rock for a person that has a new man a spirit somebody that is with the remnant chosen by God and is led by the Holy Spirit. It follows from David's prayer that the enemies who secretly set him nets are worshippers of vain idols, represented by people who belong to the category of legalists, who reject righteousness by faith and who live among the remnant chosen of God, just like tares, and up to a certain time grow on the same field among wheat. Nets, secretly laid out by worshippers of vain idols, are questions, Posed by worshippers of vain idols in such a way as to catch David in the net, which will be his answer. Well, so this is this is how it turns out. Those that worship vain idols, they want to try to ask a question to catch us. When we answer this question, we are caught. We are caught in their net. Therefore, if we don't collaborate with the name of God, Rock of Israel, we'll end up in this net. Luke eleven fifty-two through fifty-four. Woe to you, lawyers, for you have taken away the key of knowledge. Do not enter in yourselves, and those who were entering in you hindered. As he said these things to them, the scribes and the Pharisees began to assail him vehemently and to cross-examine him about many things, lying in wait for him and seeking to catch him in something he might say, that they might accuse him. So it was necessary for Christ to collaborate with the name of his Father, Lord, you are my rock. And we saw that he we see that he they couldn't catch him, they couldn't catch Christ. David's phrase, pull me out of the net, which they have secretly laid for me tells us that David was caught by his answers in the net of those who regard vain idols. In the fact that according to the words of David, he not once has ended up in this net, but God had always pulled him out. And such a deliverance David received thanks to his inherited inheritance in the name of God, the rock of Israel which David in this prayer calls his Rock and Fortress. It should be borne in mind that any of our answers or any word that we have spoken, whether to people or to God, is a net into which we catch ourselves. Considering that in contrast to the nets of worshippers of vain idols behind which the organized forces of darkness exist, there are nets of the kingdom of heaven, which in this prayer petition are represented in the rock and fortress of the Most High. So I either am found in the nets of the kingdom of heaven or I am found in the rocky fortress. These are the snares in which are the nets in which I am caught or I am in the nets of those worshippers of vain idols. In practice, nets of worshippers of vain idols are on our end Answers to such questions of ours that we drive ourselves into a dead end, instead of driving worshippers of vain idols into a dead end as Jesus had done. The reason that we get into the net of worshippers of vain idols through our answers to their questions is that when we answer, we act not under the guidance of the Holy Spirit, but under the guidance of our knowledge and our experience. So we do not collaborate, Lord, you are my rock. He would have given us an answer or would have said, be silent. But we try to depend on our knowledge, on our experience, and we then find ourselves in the nets of vain idols, or worshippers of vain idols. If with an answer to the questions of worshippers of vain idols, we would turn to the guidance of revelation of the Holy Spirit abiding in our hearts, then we would not, through our answers, get into the nets of worshippers of vain idols, but they will find themselves in this net. There are questions addressed to us, to which the Holy Spirit does not want to give an answer to those who seek evil for us. And there are questions that the Holy Spirit will give us the answer to. We need to learn one thing, that... Silence is also the answer, and sometimes a more eloquent one. What can we highlight for ourselves here? That we don't end up in the nets of worshipers of vain idols, with our incorrect answers. We must understand that either the Holy Spirit will give me an answer, or He does not give me an answer, meaning I need to be silent. You know, sometimes saints say, this person came to me, asked me a question. I knew the truth, but it's as if all of a sudden I re- remembered nothing. And I didn't say anything to him. I said, Great, praise God, this person wasn't meant to hear this. He says, Another person, humble, came, and all of a sudden this began to flow out of me. I said, He needed to be told. I said, hey, They asked me, What about you? I say, I always have an answer. I always have an answer. But I. I am not led by, if I have an answer or not, I am led by the Holy Spirit. I very rarely give answers, I very rarely speak precious things. To speak to someone, something precious, I need to define, is it it a, a swine before me or a dog? Does this person have wings before me? For me to talk to him about these precious promises, his promises can only be understood by those on the crag of the rock. To be in the crag of the rock, we need to be in the secret place of the Most High to represent or to accept the status of the person in the church. So we need to find out from this person, does he accept the word of God? Does he accept the preacher in his church? If not, and he regards this as nothing, then there's no point in talking to him. Jesus had tried. They tried to catch also Jesus. They approached him and said, should we give our taxes to Caesar? If if you say no, you are going to be put into prison. If you say yes, we are going to stone you. And he says, Gentiles, the Holy Spirit says to Jesus, tell them the following words, show me the dime that you give to Caesar. They showed him the denarii, and he says to them, what is what is engraved on it, Caesar? Well, then, give Caesar what is Caesar's, but God to God what is God's. Scripture says they, they left in shock, they knew nothing what to, they didn't know what to say. they caught themselves in their own nets. Again, there was a woman brought to him that was blamed of adultery. they placed her before him and they say, Moses in the law told us that we need to stone these women. what will you say? Jesus was silent. He had bent down and he began to write their names in the dust. and then he lifted up his head and said, Who, without you, is without sin, throw the first stone. He didn't say, no, please don't, brothers, let's pray all together. He says, kill her. I want her to be killed by someone that doesn't have any sin. Fulfill the Law of Moses, kill her. But only the one that is without sin. And Scripture says that all of their consciences turned on, and all of them left that place beginning from the very leader of them to the very youngest of them. And Jesus was left alone with the woman, and He says, Who, where are your accusers to her? She says, there is none, Lord. And He says, and I did not accuse you. These words, they wanted to hear when they were there. They wanted to hear, when they brought her to Him, they wanted Him to say, I don't blame her. They would have said, Blasphemy, He is against the Law of Moses. He gives them an answer, catches them in their own nets, and then they leave, and when he's left alone with this woman, He says, I do not accuse you, go and sin no more. Interesting things and ways in which Christ tried to be caught. We are also going to try to be caught, that's why we need to understand so that we don't end up in these nets, we need to use the name of God, Lord, you are my rock of Israel. This is first. Perhaps we might be silent? If we provide an answer, we think, Lord, give me the desire to give this answer, and give me, give it to me in the format of these truths that will illuminate me. If I don't remember, then I won't say anything. Just to encourage this person to come to church, we can say, you can come to church and, and hear these answers it is going to be explained to you far better. This is a great answer and you have not caught yourselves in their nets. But since we have already driven ourselves into a net by answering uh, the questions of these worshippers of vain idols, then we need to turn to our inheritance in the name of God, the Rock of Israel, as David had turned to them in his prayer song. And in his prayer song, uh, we will highlight ten consecutive steps that this prayer consists of so this is how we can leave or be freed from the net that we have been caught in by collaborating with the name of God Lord you are my rock of Israel well first again ten ten steps we have been caught in these steps are these nets now we need to exit these nets first David, as a warrior prayer, built an altar in accordance with the requirements of God's statutes or laid the legal foundation for his prayer. And this foundation was that on the one hand, he allowed the Holy Spirit to be the initiator and participate in his prayer. And on the other hand, he brought evidence of his involvement in the choir in the face of the wife, the bread of the Lamb, who is ruled by the Holy Spirit. He said... Holy Spirit, I want you to be the initiator of my answers. And I acknowledge you as the chief musician in my heart and the Lord and ruler of my life. Please forgive me that I have behaved to you as a guest. You didn't give me an answer, and I begin to begin an answer, and I begin to rely on my own knowledge. Lord, give me the wisdom that is contained in the word of God. Forgive me, and I acknowledge you as Lord and ruler of my life. And we begin to leave these nets which we were caught up in due to our ignorance, which were prepared for us by the worshippers of vain idols. This is the first step. The second step, David proclaimed the faith of God dwelling in his heart and the dignity of trusted God with these words, In you, O Lord, I put my trust. Let me never be ashamed. So, Lord, you are my trust, he says. Third step, David spoke of his readiness to be delivered from the nets of worshippers of vain idols in accordance with the justice of God with these words, Deliver me in your righteousness. Deliver me, Lord, or deliver me in your righteousness from these nets. Fourth, David knew the fact that for God to deliver him from the nets of those that worship vain idols, it was necessary for God to incline his ear to David's prayer. This is seen in the words of his prayer in which he turns to God with the words, Bow down your ear to me, Deliver me speedily. From the position of God, to incline his ear means to demonstrate his favor toward the prayer of David as on a sacrifice that is pleasing to God. So the Lord must incline his ear. And this happens when he demonstrates his favor, and he demonstrates his favor only when our sacrifice is pleasing to God. And we have already made four steps. And here, we approach to this fourth step, meaning, Lord, I want you to bow down your ear to me. How do do I be delivered from these nets? Someone bows down their ear to me and delivers me. Lord, I've ended up here. And the Lord says, I can bow down with my ear to you when you have this favorable sacrifice and prayer that will allow me to demonstrate my favor towards you. Fifth, David, in his prayer, turns to the creative and authoritative formula with which God created the earth so that he could become a rock and fortress for David. Here is what he said. He said, be my rock of refuge. Be my rock. Be my rock of fortress. Rock of refuge, a fortress of defense to save me, for you are my rock and my fortress, he says. But he began to collaborate with the name of God. Refuge fortress of defense. Sixth, in his prayer, David recognized before God that he found himself in a net of those who worship vain idols, because in his answers to their questions, he did not turn to the direction of the Holy Spirit, and therefore he asks God to once again lead him. He says, therefore, for your name's sake, lead me and guide me. This is us doing the sixth step, and we have uh, more ahead of us we are still found in these nets in the sixth one we say lord he's bound down his ear to us what can i do for you we say lord deliver me and lead me and guide me seventh david summarizes the essence of his need with these words pull me out of the net which they have secretly laid for me for you are my strength with these words david once again emphasizes that his words which are not based on the authority of the Holy Spirit, but on His experience and His knowledge, cannot be a fortress in which He could hide. Lead me out of the net. The Lord only leads us out through His word and Holy Spirit. We say, I will no longer rely on my experience, on my own knowledge. I have acknowledged the Holy Spirit as the chief musician. In my spirit, there are psalms that are sung. The Holy Spirit is silent, I am silent, He speaks, I speak. When the Holy Spirit speaks, He speaks wise things, He doesn't speak foolish things. Therefore, how do we know? Have if, if I, I spoken from the Holy Spirit right now, or from myself? When we speak of from the Holy Spirit, then there will be present a certain wisdom, perhaps not beautiful eloquent words, but there will be righteousness present, righteousness in our words. Eighth, David in his prayer supplication gives his spirit into the hands of God, saying, Into your hand I commit my spirit. You have redeemed me, O Lord God of truth. Here, he gives himself into the hands of God, having been found in these nets. Take a look, he was found in these nets and he needs to get out of there. How? We've read, Pastor says, First, it's necessary to say, Lord, the Lord, the Holy Spirit. Is my Lord and Ruler. Then I understand that I have fallen here due to my foolishness, Lord. I want you to bow down to me, bow down your ear to me. And he says, "Bring a pleasing sacrifice that I may accept it." And now he says, David says, "Into your hand I commit my spirit. Deliver me. You have redeemed me, O Lord God of truth." These words Christ had spoken. I'll go gotha. I have committed myself. My spirit to your hands. The Lord gave Himself up in these nets. He could have never been caught, but when He said, "The hour has come for My Son to be glorified," and the High Priest says, "I ask you the last time. Are you the Son of God?" the High Priest asked Jesus. He says, "It is Me." And therefore He said, "Blasphemy! Have you heard Him? He is worthy of death. Put these nets on Him." Christ one time had provided an answer for us so that he can be caught up in these nets and killed for us. Scripture says he was quiet a lot, he was silent a lot. And he was told, why are you quiet when people speak poorly of you? Why are you silent? Ask one more question. Are you the Son of God? He says, I am. That's it. Now he collaborated with the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit granted him the answer so that he can be found in these nets for us, he was caught up in these nets. These words that David prayed with, he prayed with the words of Christ who was in nets, but he didn't end up in nets due to his ignorance. He ended up in the nets of his enemies in order to, in these nets, this was the only only action on planet Earth when according to the direction of the Holy Spirit, somebody was found in the nets of worshippers of vain idols. Why? He ended up there for us. In order that those that worship vain idols, that he can take these nets and say, Alright, now let us all go to hell together. They say, Where? To hell. And he brought them all down to hell but he had resurrected from there and take a look though he played with these words into your hand i commit my spirit you have redeemed me o lord god of truth and when we are found in these nets due to our ignorance we also must say into your hand i commit my spirit ninth david proclaims before god that he despises those who regard useless idols but trust in the lord so here We proclaim the Holiness of God, His intolerant love. Christ had preached about this intolerant love, this selective love on Golgotha. And 10th, David concludes his prayer with the words of the revelation of his heart, in which he receives an answer to his prayer, saying to God, I will be glad and rejoice in your mercy, for you have considered my trouble, You have known my soul in adversities and have not shut me up into the hand of the enemy. You have set my feet in a wide place. In these words, the the Lord resurrects or is raised from the dead. The Holy Spirit leads him out of death. And therefore, to summarize, the purpose of the portion in the name of God, Rock of Israel, dwelling in the heart of a disciple of christ is comprised of the fact that when we end up in a net of those who regard useless idols he will pull us out of these nets and place our feet in the wide place i think it'll be enough for today we will leave room for prayer we have heard uh, many truths today. We will have time to pray. Therefore, in these prayers, we're going to thank God for those truths and those revelations that we were able to hear and remember, which were placed in our heart many years ago, a few years ago, by Apostle Arcadi. because the Lord places the revelations in our heart only through his representative or only through the person who plants this word for us. This person represents for us the fatherhood of God on earth. Or is the apostle the living apostle? He first builds our heart into the golden table of showbreads, and when it is built in the golden table of showbreads, then he places his revelations there. And when we listen to our pastor, we approach this table upon which lay these revelations, and we place them in our minds, so that then, through using through our mind, we can proclaim them. Someone had to place these breads on the table and then on the sabbath the next sabbath we have to remove them therefore it's very important when we place this bread through the one who plants and through the water waters we are able to remove this bread eat of it and proclaim it in prayer this is the order of the sabbath that is very necessary for our understanding and our observation may be blessed in your prayers and let us let us pray Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we are grateful to your holy name for the great privilege to be in this place that your hand has outlined for the worship of your holy name. We thank you, Lord, that upon this place dwells the fear of the Lord, because the fear of the Lord dwells there where your truths dwell, where your commandments dwell, where the ancient path of goodness dwells. And we thank you, Lord, for your ancient words For those words according to which you lived, and those words which have become our commandments and have become the standards according to which we live today, and in whom and through whom we hallow you, having demonstrated obedience to your word and to your commandments. We thank you, Lord, that your power is perfected in our weakness, and you have allowed us today to have the supernatural power that today is found in us, Lord. We thank you for the ability to prepare food in the summer, to prepare food and accept the food when you give it, when you give it at this holy place. We accept it and we place it in our heart. We thank you, Lord, that you allow us to renew our thinking with the spirit of our mind you allow us lord to be led by you and you are the lord and king of our thoughts you lord are the king of our thoughts when we ponder upon what is above we thank you lord that at the head of our thoughts these locusts are not an enemy you among us are king and you will be among us our king when we renew our thinking with the spirit of our mind with the mind of Christ, with that truth and with that teaching, Lord, which we have accepted into our heart. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be found in the kings' palaces. We thank you that you have allowed us today to proclaim the faith of our heart. And you have made us wiser than all the wise of the earth. And your, Lord, power is perfected in the our weakness. We bow down before you and we thank you and we acknowledge you. We ask you to lift us up to the rock that is higher than us over all of our enemies. And for this, Lord, we want to make firm our calling and election. And our election is you. This is sanctification that pursues the goal of dedication where we can fully give ourselves to you this is for us to search for the highest calling that we have in Christ Jesus so that we can be in you and be with you and you Lord have said that you will lift up our head over all of our enemies and we ask Lord that you allow us today To have that high calling in Christ Jesus, that highest calling in Christ Jesus, which will allow us to be lifted up over our enemies and to overthrow them from their thrones. We pray, Lord, that the enemy that is found in the throne of our body that today still still tries to take our lips and its control, for it to be overthrown. We pray, Lord, that your grace to be able to reign through righteousness in our heart. And when your grace reigns in our heart, then the throne of our lips, our body, is going to be delivered from the old man. We pray, Lord, let the resurrection of Christ reign in our bodies as it has reigned in our spirit and in our soul. We thank You, Lord, for that grace that we have. And You have said it is enough for You to have that grace that You have. And we thank You, Lord, for the name of the Lord, You are my strength. We thank You, Lord, that it is our grace, and we today collaborate with this grace so that You, with the powers of Your name, Lord, God of Israel, could overthrow our enemies in the face of illnesses, premature death, demonic dependencies, ignorance, so that all these enemies could be cast out in the life of your saints. And for this, allow us today to continue to affirm, to affirm our calling in Christ Jesus, and to demonstrate our high calling through our election which is, Lord, what we select, what we choose. And we, to Lord, today choose to hallow you and to demonstrate faithfulness to your word. We thank you, Lord, that you are our rock. You are our fortress of defense, behind which we are found. And protect us, Lord, from the nets, the nets that are placed before us by those that regard vain idols, allow us today to acknowledge the might of the word of god and the holy spirit that uncovers the significance the meaning of this word so that we are not found in the tents of the of the enemy allow us to be behind your shelter of defense and collaborate with your name we thank you lord that you are the lord and ruler of our life We in this prayer express our reverence before your holy countenance and we pray Lord that you in your favor bow down your ear to our prayer because Lord we are found in these nets we are caught up in these nets and we want you to free us from the nets of our incorrect responses our words which we have been caught up in Speaking negatively about the inheritance of God, speaking negatively about ourselves, about our bodies, about our states, giving ourselves the incorrect appraisal, not from the position of the Word of God. Lord, we have caught up ourselves, we have caught ourselves in these nets, and we can't get out of these nets. Therefore, we ask, Lord, to incline to us, and you will incline to us when you bow down your ear to our prayer. When our prayer is pleasing before You, we acknowledge, Lord, that we spoke words that did not coincide with Your words, with Your righteousness. We gave ourselves the incorrect appraisal. We gave the incorrect appraisal to Your children, and we are caught up in these nets. And we pray, Lord, that You deliver us from these nets. We give up our spirit into Your hands. Deliver us and lead us out to the broad place place us in the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ we thank you Lord Jesus Father in the name of your son we thank you for your son who for us gave himself up into the nets and who for us had died and who was raised by the power of the Holy Spirit and was freed from these nets that, Lord, You can free us from these nets. We, Lord, today want to collaborate with Your truth and Your righteousness. We don't want to speak with our lips regarding those people or those fears for which we do not carry responsibility. We want to only speak of those fears for which we do carry responsibility. And if we have incorrectly spoken before, for those fears in which we carry responsibility, then we ask You, Lord, to forgive us. And we reject all incorrect words and incorrect confessions. And we ask You, Lord, to lead us out of these, deliver us from these nets which we have caught ourselves up in. You have said, he who does not sin in word is perfect. And we pray, Lord, that today, through Your Word and Your mighty Holy Spirit, that we be given this truth and this perfection in Christ Jesus. Therefore, we consider ourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. We call the inexistent freedom as already existed today. We thank you for that liberty that we have in Christ Jesus in all spheres of our life. We thank You for the power of the Resurrection of Christ that is present in our spirit, our soul, and our body. We thank You for the power of the Resurrection of Christ that is present, Lord, in Your body, in Your Church, upon Your Zion. We thank You, Lord, for that word and for that revelation that we had the right to remember today. We thank You for that person through whom we were taught. We were taught your wisdom and the fear of the Lord. We believe, Lord, that we can't teach ourselves the fear of the Lord. We can only be taught your fear because your fear is given from teacher to student, from father to son. And therefore, Lord, we thank you. We thank you for that fear of God that dwelt in Abraham, Isaac, and that was given to Jacob. We thank you for the fear of God that dwelled in your Son, Jesus Christ. We thank you that this fear of God was given by the Apostles, that today your Apostles, representing the Fatherhood of God, could give to us your fear in the format of the intact truth of the commandments of God. And we have accepted your word, and we will not and do not desire to distort the word of God, as many do. We have accepted We have accepted your word and your commandments into our heart and our conscience that is cleansed of dead works so that we do not distort your word, but so that we can affirm your word. And we thank you. We thank you for our Apostle and our Pastor who has given to us this fear of God in the format of the commandments of the Lord. You have built our heart into the golden table of showbreads, and we today, Lord, have removed your bread from this table. And as a family of priests, we eat of this bread, clothing ourselves in the proclamations of the word of God. And we pray, Lord, and ask that you, again, place breads on this golden table of showbreads through the person through whom you plant this word through our pastor. Therefore, Lord, we pray, we pray for your mercy, we pray for your mercy towards us so that we can soon see each other and be comforted with the mutual comfort so that the messenger of God whom you have appointed in this service for him to continue to fulfill his service with boldness, which he had fulfilled it in before. and so that there are no walls or barriers for the Word of God. And today, Lord, we nurture and nourish our land through the waters so that when the planter comes, the soul of our heart could be ready to accept that Word which you have prepared for us. We thank you, Lord, for this latter rain that will allow it will allow us to go and bear fruit of the kingdom of heaven in which grace could reign through righteousness, in all of our essence. And may the throne of David be affirmed not just in our spirit, but also and our soul in our renewed thinking, and in our body, in our lips that proclaim the faith of our heart. We thank you, Lord, for the secret place for your church, that you have allowed us to find it, and that its price is greater than rubies. You have allowed us to find this house of God, and you have done this in order to make us a house of God. You have made us the house of God, because your desire is not just to live in the sanctuary, in the church, but your desire is also to live in in the heart of man, and for this you want each of us to be built, to be built up into the secret place in which dwells the great mystery of God, of the highest calling in Christ Jesus. May your name be magnified among your saints and in your saints, and may all of our enemies be overthrown in our essence and in your church. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you Lord for this service and we ask and we pray Lord for the upcoming service in which you will demonstrate the might of your word and the Holy Spirit. May your holy name be blessed, our almighty God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, Amen. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. now, to Him who is able to keep us from stumbling and to present us faultless before the presence of His glory in unblemished joy, to God our Savior, who alone is wise, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen.